Hey leaders, Matt here with your week eight leader guide. We're going to dive right in with our icebreaker question. And it's this, have you ever felt like an outsider? Describe what that was like for you. So really we're taking this first question to kind of um, set the stage for our discussion on this theme of living as exiles in our uh, time. And so uh, feel free to use that question or just to move right into question one, which is our kind of typical question, what stood out to you in this section, section of scripture from Sunday sermon. And then question two, in Peter's letter, he refers to the believers as exiles. What makes someone an exile? In what ways are we as followers of Christ living as exiles today in our society? So really, we're going to give your group the opportunity to discuss this theme of exile, what it is, who, who are those that are living as exiles, and then how are we today living as followers of Christ um, as exiles in our society? And so we see that, you know, as Peter referred to the early believers as exiles, it was really because of the beliefs and practices that they adopted that caused them to live a countercultural life. The early believers didn't feel at home in their society. They experienced backlash and slander and even persecution as a result of their beliefs and lifestyle choices. But Peter encourages them not to struggle or strive to find their home in this world, but rather to adopt and embrace this exile mindset. And by embracing this life of an exile, it's then that we can view our lives and those around us in light of the true home that we have, and that is in the kingdom of God. You know, as secularism continues to grow in the West, we see Christianity's influence decreasing. And for many years in America, we've enjoyed a level of cultural acceptance and agreement of Judeo-Christian ethics and morality. But kind of in our postmodern society, Christianity's beliefs and doctrines are increasingly being seen as harmful and too restrictive. And this means as followers of Christ, we are going to face hostility from the secular world. And in this way, we can relate to the recipients of Peter's letter. And although their opposition against um, their beliefs was at times physical, we can relate to some of the verbal slander or accusations um, as they continue to grow in, in our increasingly secular world. But we shouldn't lose heart. This is really how the majority of Christ followers have lived for the past 2,000 years. And this is why Peter's letter is so relevant to the times we're living in today. And as Pastor Nate pointed out in his message, when Christians experience a level of pushback and heat from the culture, a more pure Christianity and church emerges, one that actively demonstrates the hope of the gospel. And that's our prayer. And as we look at this study, that's the posture that we want to take, not one of retreat, but one of engaging with the hope of the gospel that we are uh, got called to be God's salt and light in this world. Question three, Peter encourages readers in their primary identity as the chosen and elect children of God. How does this truth comfort you today? And in what ways does your kingdom identity give you courage and hope to live as an exile in our world? The goal of this question is to give your group members an opportunity to share how God choosing them for salvation comforts their hearts and encourages them to live as exiles today. You know, this truth of God choosing us in Christ before the foundations of the world really speaks to the love and the grace that he's called us into. He's prompted us to trust him. We've received his call. And this theme is meant to encourage us in the reality that God, having chosen us as his beloved sons and daughters, gives us purpose and meaning. He was not obligated to save us, but through his love and grace, 
chose us, accepted us, and adopted us into his family. So we should have great comfort and courage to know that our purpose is one, not to live a mediocre life based on the standards of the world, but in Christ, we are invited to live life more abundantly. Now, I want to note here that oftentimes discussions about the doctrine of election can lead to debates over Reformed theology versus Arminian theology and everything in between. And much has been written about the doctrine of election and man's free will response to the gospel. Believers don't all agree on these things. And it's important for us to remember that someone's soteriology or how they view the doctrine of someone being saved is not an essential tenet of the Christian faith. Believers can discuss and even debate to agree, but choose not to divide over differences in these secondary doctrinal issues. Now, there's probably going to be people in your group that differ in their convictions of election and man's free will, and our heart's not to make this the main emphasis of this week's meeting. But instead, we want to focus on what the scripture teaches in the passage, which is God chose us. How incredible is that? How amazing is that? We weren't put on a shelf. We aren't leftovers. Discuss with your group the the beautiful implications of this truth and how comfortable it can be for those of us that are in this world um, today. And I just want to know in our, in our written um, leader guide, I give you guys kind of um, maybe Calvary's approach to the kind of holding intention, the doctrine of election and man's free will response to the gospel. So feel free to check that out as well. Now, question four. In verse two, Peter references the work of the Trinity in calling us and commissioning us, commissioning us for his mission to the world. How do these truths speak to you? What is one area that you sense God's calling you to grow in as you seek to join in his mission to the lost, whether it be how you speak, where you place your hope, or how you spend your time? Now, the purpose of this question is to discuss the implications of 1 Peter 1-2 with regards to our calling in this world, but also this question can give your group the opportunity to reflect upon how the Lord would seek to grow us in order that we might be used in his mission. You know, in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told us that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And this means that we're neither to retreat from society or fully assimilate into culture, but be a counterculture of love and grace to the lost and dying world. And this requires that we live lives of obedience to Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can sometimes um, just think of our witness in purely speaking terms or proclamation, speaking the gospel. And this is um, sometimes what leads to, you know, street evangelism or crusade type evangelism. And these are all important parts of um, our call as believers. Although we want to be conversant in the gospel and be able to articulate the hope we have in Christ, we also need to recognize that we have a witness of demonstration. As Christ said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So there's a hearing, but there's also a seeing, according to Jesus. To live on mission means that we live with a missionary mindset. You know, you think about a missionary, they recognize the need that they have both to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel to those they're ministering to. For some of us, this may require an examination of the things that we're proclaiming. <laughs> you know, are we, are we saying things that are in line with the gospel that would be um, uh, true of a follower of Christ? To never mention our faith or to speak of the hope that we have in the gospel to, uh, to those around us is to miss an opportunity to link our lives of demonstration with our lives of proclamation. On the other hand, if all we do is speak and proclaim the gospel, but we're failing to live lives in accordance with God's word or the scripture or, or marked by love of God and love for neighbor, we're going to disconnect our words from the life that Christ is compelling us to live. So we need to discuss, God, how are you wanting to grow me, whether in my proclamation or my demonstration? 
in order that I can join you on your mission in where you can be glorified. And so talk with your group about those things and have a conversation about that. Lastly, number five, after studying this passage, what is one thing that you're going to do to apply this to your life? And again, this is kind of open. We want to leave it open to the Holy Spirit to give those um, applications and uh, really kind of those ways that your group can live out what they have just learned and taken in by the scriptures. Hey, with the last minute we have together, I want to encourage you in one of the six marks of a healthy group that we talk about. And that first mark is prayer. We're going to be unpacking these over the next few weeks, but I want to talk about the importance of prayer in our groups. And it's it's one of those, oh yeah, duh, of course prayer is important. But I found in, in group ministry that it's easy for prayer to kind of be um, the leftover or be the thing that um, gets the least amount of time, where I've seen prayer just radically transform and unify our group. We want to encourage you in one way that you can pray together and maybe even consider taking the bulk of your time on a group uh, meeting in the future to go through the ACTS um, kind of acronym style of prayer. A stands for adoration, C confession, T thanksgiving, and S supplication. We've got a printout online at lifegroup uh, at calvary.com slash LG leader that you could look at that will help you lead your group through this kind of prayer. And man, as we've done this in the past, I've just seen the Lord really um, do some incredible things to bond our group together, to glorify him. We go away so inspired and encouraged. And so consider using this if you feel like prayer is just kind of getting the leftovers or it's on the fringes. This may be one way that you can uh, maximize the prayer time that you guys have together. Thanks for all you do. We're praying for you this week. Have a great meeting.